Good evening, ladies, gents, and NBs, and welcome to Working Class Advocates. We are an independent socialist news media and mutual aid worker cooperative. I'm your host, Jesse Austin. Between the recent effects of climate change and the inevitable fallout from the delta wave of coronavirus, it's clear that our system is unsustainable to the point of self-destruction and ill-fit to save us from the consequences of deregulating an already for-profit economy. As Albert Einstein once said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we were using when we created them. Nevertheless, the same old neoliberal capitalist institutions of America, as well as the fresh Biden administration of D.C., are indeed trying to, well, not really solve, but distract from and mitigate just enough to prevent revolt these problems with the same racist capitalistic thinking our government was using when it created them via segregation of black Americans into ghettos and poor neighborhoods where school funding is tied to real estate property values, as well as First Nations peoples onto reservations that are recklessly polluted while protesters are met with violent resistance for peacefully standing up for their land that's already supposed to be protected by treaty, as we've seen at Standing Rock. Everyone knows our healthcare system is highly overrated, and our medical bills are way too high because we're all at the mercy of infinitely greedy insurance companies, as well as our employers who can just decide to not offer any plans to cover us at all. And we'll be making another segment all about this in the near future, so stay tuned. But recent COVID cases are putting our healthcare system to the ultimate test, and in case anyone had any doubts, countries with socialized healthcare have all outperformed us in containing, treating, and preventing the virus. And on top of this mess, Millions of Americans feel they're hanging by a thread as employers shamelessly try to hold their ground to not raise wages or let employers work from home, and the government always waits until the last minute to help with some means-tested stimulus, or in this most recent case, a targeted ban on evictions, which the CDC says is supposed to cover 90% of people, but the way it always feels to me is more like 10% of unlucky contestants will be sent um, well, not home, kicked out of their homes, I should say, to die on the street in our cruel lottery-style capitalist system. And let's not forget, this new targeted eviction moratorium wouldn't be happening at all if not for Cory Bush sleeping on the steps of the Capitol building in protest. This country will let the world know its most successful firms gladly pay under a living wage and make their workers pee in bottles, and neoliberal politicians and pundits will still insist that people should just work longer hours, while an insurmountable number of health problems plague our population already from being overworked. Anything before slashing the profits of history's richest owner class. It has become clearer than ever that our leadership is hell-bent on learning every lesson the hard way when it comes to the folly of putting profits before people. Just like McCarthyism still has us all worrying about communism while fascist terrorist groups grow and continue to cause more violent destruction in our backyard, the media is hyper-focusing on the plight of the landlords, who did not lose their jobs due to coronavirus, mind you, like most of their tenants, instead of the people being evicted in the wake of the eviction ban's expiration. The fact that anyone believes the landlord's financial woes should be a focal point here is disgusting. Alright, it's bonus footage time. I'm going to react to one of those old-school McCarthyist warnings about communism PSAs. I uh, found this on Facebook the other day. And yes, sadly, this is posted by someone who has Marx's name. Uh, Victor Marx here. Bad. 
using Marx's name to spread this anti-communist gibberish. So just to warn you real quick, it starts off with a load of right-wing projection, you know, that communism is about a race war and stuff. They're like, you know, Charles Manson over here. It's ridiculous. So yeah, this is bullshit, but let's go ahead and react to it. It's pretty funny, all the stuff that's said here. It aged pretty badly. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, well, you can look they for calculated this. It's, it's that bullshit. eventually you know, the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps know, even set against each other in open combat. In we mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their anything. agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning... So yeah, to, to destroy America, bloody revolution. He's going to walk that back later, but we'll keep going. Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. Yeah, black rebellion is what Moscow wanted. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Black people were, you know, treated well in Soviet Russia, as far as, like, the historical records show. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they probably encouraged black rebellion. But, you know, that's because America was and still is, frankly, a racist country. But During the confusion, demoralization and panic would set in. Then, finally, the Reds say, Workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street okay. fights become frequent. <laughs> Under the leadership of the Communist Party, Everybody the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. Now, here is a piece of vicious communist propaganda that perhaps some of you have seen. It's called The Crusader. It's written by Robert F. Williams one of the organizers of the Revolutionary Action Movement. In this issue of the Crusader, the communists call not only for extensive chaos within the cities, but for putting to the torch every village, every forest, every field, and every barn. The plan is for raging fires from one city to the next. The reason? Well, first, there's the value yeah, of sheer this destruction. this is crazy. Secondly, it would force us to deploy our defenses and... And, of course, here we are... You know, in capitalism, wah, wah, wah. like there's fires, wildfires actually happening because of this system. 
as opposed to the boogeyman, you know, communist fires. Set torch to every city. And rescue units over the widest possible area. The communist <laughs> These guys always talk that the as same, long as our way, police and National Guard remain concentrated, they're invincible. But if they can be forced to spread out over the entire city and into yeah. the countryside as well, then they can be picked off from ambush one by one. And the third value of massive fire to the communists and, like, is psychological. Okay. I, I'm not sure if that's true, right? But like in any other case, if we're talking about the U.S. military, this exact same guy would be like, and, and listen to what a brilliant strategy it was that the American military spread out the enemy among uh, vast terrain. He would be congratulating and praising that, you know. It's just very strange. Yeah. That, by the way, this is the video Antifa and BLM don't want you to see. <laughs> I forgot to point that out. The average American, they say, soft and decadent. When he sees billows of black smoke rising from one horizon to the other, when at night the only light he has to see by is the flickering red from flames leaping into the sky, he'll become paralyzed with fear and panic. He'll run away and hide and do nothing to interfere with the guerrilla bands as they strike at the community's power centers. The Crusader explains how to set up sniper units in crowded metropolitan areas, how to manufacture jumbo Molotov cocktails, <laughs> the gallon yeah, jump size, and how to mix the gasoline with certain ingredients to make Jumbo it burn like napalm. Cocktails. How to pour gasoline into utility manholes in the streets to set fire to the main telephone cables. How to put sulfur tips from matches into air conditioning units and blow up large buildings. How to ignite gas mains and oil storage tanks. It explains how radio-controlled model airplanes can be used to fly explosive charges over heavily guarded fences into gasoline storage areas or munition stockpiles. It even calls for infiltration into the National Guard units, revolutionaries posing as non-militants for the... That happened. That happened recently, didn't it? Yeah. Infiltration into federal government buildings. We've seen that from the right wing recently. purpose of getting free military training and for gaining access to critical military supplies and heavy weapons. And then, finally, Robert Williams yeah, says this. Any all-out minority revolution must create a state of crisis wherein Robin almost all Williams of the male population this. would be forced to remain in their homes to protect their property and families. The middle class is very large, but it is not accustomed to deprivation and terror. Because of its affluence, it has waxed soft. It has no stomach for massive fire, blood, and violence. The motive force behind its life drive is its endless pursuit of prestige, conspicuous consumption, and sensual pleasure. Oh, A few years of violent, sporadic, and highly destructive uprisings will set the stage for the grand finale. After the stage is properly set through protracted struggle, America could be brought to her knees in 90 days of highly organized, fierce fighting, sabotage, and massive firestorm. The plans and preparations for a communist revolution of force and violence are far advanced. The organization behind these preparations has almost unlimited financial resources, and it provides both training and leadership based upon years of experience in many other countries. Our enemies are deadly serious about their task. 
and it's nothing short of national suicide for us to continue to ignore their plans and their progress. The violent revolution becomes of primary value to the communists to the extent to which it can be used to condition the masses psychologically to accept the nonviolent revolution, which Here is offered supposedly as the only alternative. Hoping to avoid further violence and bloodshed, the public is to be pressured into accepting measures that will move the country gradually and legally toward communism, but without calling it that. The Joe Biden administration is doing, moving us towards communism. I wish, man. Like, yeah. Um, so, we're being pressured, you know, to accept communism and socialism. Not by, like, how crappy life is under capitalism or anything, but by, like, communists, bad communists who are out there organizing, you know. Antifa and Black Lives Matter don't want you to see this video. This must be why. The strategy of the proletarian revolution calls for the quiet conversion of our government into a communist regime, but under the banner of socialism. Nah, that's dirty. Using socialism as a Trojan horse for communism. Who would do such a thing? It is a political All concept. Right. Here we go, fellas. Well, what is socialism? All right? What is Let's socialism? According to the dictionary, socialism is a is... political concept based upon the principle of government oh, ownership there and control. it is. Of government ownership. <laughs> it's so easy to look up the definition, but just it's about government. Okay, that was fun. Carry on, G. Edward property, Griffin. The means of production and the avenues of commerce. Under socialism, those who run the government, and the communists are confident that in America they eventually will be the ones who do so, those who run the government will know who is to get something and who has to wait. And that represents control over human beings. Like, it's so mind-boggling to me that people don't immediately think like, as opposed to my employer who also decides whether I get enough to survive or don't, you know? They take our surplus labor value, and if it makes enough profit for them, well, then they keep you, and if it doesn't, then they fire you, and you're out on the street. Like, just like the landlord, if you can pay their arbitrary amount, then you're, you got a house or an apartment. If you can't, wah, wah, wah. But that doesn't represent control over the human beings. Like, yes, it does. Is all this to do with the communist revolution in America? Well, ladies and gentlemen... And Denby's. It has everything to do with it, because the building of socialism is the communist revolution in America. Wow, it represents the process whereby our country can be moved gradually toward communism without the people even being aware of it. No matter what grievance we may have, real or imagined, no matter what real or imagined like mr potato heads pp real or imagined like football man kneel national problems we may face the communists national seize problems. upon these as excuses to build socialism they have one and only one solution for all problems more government more government 
Okay, yeah, so why is that ridiculous? This aged pretty badly. So, first of all, you know, of course, everything that happens is seized upon by the right wing as, you know, an excuse for more war on drugs, more war on terror, more tough on crime, you know, more draconian policies. And is the left solution to everything really more and more and more government? Well, no, we're against the forever wars of interventionist foreign policy that destabilizes regions over the globe. So to the extent that we want to get our military out of these places and not send them there to begin with, we're pretty much less government. Yeah, that would be us proposing less government as a solution to those problems. But go off. And then more and more until it's total government. And forgive me for saying it one more time. Here we go. Total government yeah. is... Forgive me for communist. putting up the graphic one more time. Total government is communism. Alright, that's our show, everyone. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support the co-op, consider becoming a patron or making a one-time donation via Cash App or PayPal. Every little bit is appreciated. Speaking of which, I'd like to give a special thanks to our very first patron, Gladio Xenon. Thank you, comrade, and welcome aboard. Until next time, workers of the world unite. I love you all and have a good night. We call for revolution since day one, get it understood. And we won't stop until everywhere it's all good. And we won't stop until, stop until, stop until everywhere it's all good.